Welcome to Unleash Your Career. This is the Careers Development Radio Show and Podcast from Phoenix Radio Studios at the University of Southern Queensland Springfield Campus. I'm Spencer Housen, and with me, as always, I've just realised for some reason this week she's sitting down, not standing at the microphone. It's Lou Bromley. Hello, Lou. Hello. Do what, I sound why different the... sitting down? You're, you're sitting down, your arms are crossed. What you haven't quite... Really, there's some tension in... What happened on the way here today? There's something's happened on the way here, hasn't it? Oh, three sets of roadworks. <laughs> I've brought my road rage into the studio. Right. Road giggles? I don't know. I'm right. smiling ear to ear, but I'm actually quite... Ah. We'll see if we can't hit someone then over the next, you know, as we drive this radio show for the next hour. I think I've got an instant rage response if I see an orange cone somewhere. Oh, no, that's not good. Blocking me from a, you know, a it, lane. I saw the other day the signs that say their high-vis, their fluoro vest... Not bulletproof or something like that, you know, like be considerate to people around roadworks and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, true. that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about careers as we do at this time every week on Phoenix Radio. We're going to talk about something a little bit different this week, making a career change. So I've got a question for you. Hmm. Does your career have a taste? Does my career have a taste? Yeah, if you had to say it tastes Cherry like... Cherry or something, like that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't know, chocolate? it was just the first thing that came to mind. Brussels sprouts. If your career had a taste, is there something that says a taste about your career? Oh, gosh. I don't know. That's a really weird question. That's like when people say, if you were a biscuit, what would you be? What sort of answer are you supposed to give to that? Probably, I, I think choc- I like chocolate. Because there are all different types of chocolate and you can maybe go through phases of, of liking dark chocolate and then go back to the milk chocolate that you've been familiar with for a while. I've know. thrown you, haven't I? I'm, gonna, I'm messing with your noodle today. That's right, yes. Funny you talk about psychology yes. because I'm just going to leave this here and we're going to come back to it. My career tastes like green beans with soy sauce. Oh, yeah. We'll re- yeah. Like that you get at a Japanese restaurant. Is it Japanese where you get that? Stir fry. So more Chinese than Japanese. Okay. But I'm going to explain why my career tastes like that because we're going to talk about making career changes today. So some of the people that I've seen as clients here at USQ, they've made the change during maternity leave because nothing says change the career like when you've got a newborn baby in your arms, when you've fundamentally your life has changed. But also maybe redundancy. Or a sudden job loss, because sometimes redundancy, you have long lead-in time for when the effective date takes note. But all of a sudden, the factory's closed, the shop front's closed, you're in administration, or you may have got the sack. So what do you do? And the sack may come with pregnancy as well. Not Not sack, you would hope, these days, but the reality for all the progress might be that you can't really expect to go back to exactly what you're doing or you might not want to go back to exactly what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes it can be a combination of all those things. So what's your plan B? And it's an interesting idea to think, well, do you have something that you can hit launch if what you're doing right now is, is, goes, right, goes away, doesn't exist anymore? What do you do? And you'd know this as a journalist, Spencer, that journalism as an industry is going through a lot of change. So... Um, and a lot of people have started to think about, well, where can I take those skills? What else can I do? And it's going to be meaningful. And it's about making a career change. When I say that this morning, is not just getting another job. This is actually fundamentally changing to a different industry. So I'm going to tell you about the story of a young woman who was studying psychology. So that's where it's interesting you said psychology. Mm-hmm. Seamlessly choreographed. Thank you, Spencer. Mm-hmm. And it was an undergraduate degree in psychology, in arts. 
This was somebody who thought, okay, I'm going to go through, but I don't want to be um, in their third year. I don't want to be a psychologist. Well, what do you do with an arts degree in psychology where you don't have all the subjects to be a psychologist? Now, luckily for this young woman, she actually got a job with a team of psychologists in a school. So working with uh, the careers and counselling team members, she ended up uh, doing the work experience program. So she had 150 students each year that she had to get into work experience in year 11 by November of every year. This was someone who also looked after all the careers resources in that room. So there was a bit of an idea around that. I can do psychology, but I don't necessarily have to be a psychologist. But this young woman kept going back and doing extra subjects because she thought, I really like working with these psychologists. I can't do the testing that they do. So the team of psychologists would often do things like intelligence testing, testing to do with learning disabilities, and also aptitude testing. So something next week we're going to be talking about on the show is going to be online testing, all those tests that employers make you do. And you're wondering why on earth they're making us do this. It's got nothing to do with the job. And then you end up with road rage, like what I had through (laughs) Roadworks. And a lot, and I see people like that, and it really turns them off the employers. But these were women who were working with these tests, and I started to learn about things like validity and efficacy as well as a result of these tests and what you can interpret from this test. And I thought, I want in on the club to be able to do that. And that meant having the job title of psychologist. So this young woman, who you may have guessed who it is now, (laughs) but we're still going to talk about them in the third person, dear listener. So this young woman decided, I'm going to go back and get those extra subjects, which she should have done when she was doing her undergrad degree. So she started to go back and do one or two subjects at night. And each night when she came on her way home, would stop in at her friend's place. And her best friend was actually a psychologist in training herself, going on to her postgrad studies. And uncannily, on a Thursday night after 9pm, my friends, let's just call it out, it's me, everyone, it's me. (laughs) I was going to say, you blew it there, my friends. (laughs) blew it. So my dear friends, I think it was stir-fry night, every Thursday night. I can still remember those lectures and those tutorials through the sense of taste. And invariably, it'd always be green beans in the stir-fry. So choose your protein. It could have been chicken, beef or pork. That always varied. But there was always green beans in a soy sauce. And every night I'd talk to them about what I'd just learnt that night and what was great or what was frustrating and I wish they'd taught it this way or why did they make it clear when I was doing my undergrad, we'll call it the first time, I would have done all this then. And that's why my career tastes like green beans because it was those chats every Thursday night where they're feeding me because I was desperately hungry by quarter past nine at night on my way home. And for an hour, they'd patiently listen to me on a school night, having both go to work the next day, listening to all of my troubles, all of my concerns, my rage coming from tutorials and lectures, but also about getting that insight into, wait, maybe I don't have to actually be the job title of psychologist to use the world of psychology as my day job. And that's when I discovered actually career counselling was actually a thing. And so being able to go and do that as a postgraduate course, it actually made the psychology of my undergraduate degree come alive. And there's never been a day that I haven't used what I've used in that undergraduate degree 20 years ago. I feel like I've just come out there, but I'm a woman of a certain vintage, dear listeners. 
And I've been able to use that in every job. And even in just in the appointments this week uh, and last, I've been talking about things like the primacy and recency effect, how cognitive psych, how we remember things and how you can use that to your advantage in things like job interviews. Because that's some of the core psychological theory and effects that we've observed in studies. And you use it in career counselling as well. And that also then springboarded me into something else because I realised, you know, career counselling is sort of like you're on the outer with employers. But there's something about human resource management that uses a bit of psych, a bit of career counselling, but it brings it into the world of business and you're stating a value about why people matter. So I went on to do postgraduate HR as well. So, and that's where I've And worked got, in HR. Yeah, and worked mm. in HR. So in graduate recruitment and working with graduate development, learning and development, bringing all that together. But I want to tell you another story. This time it's about a 16-year-old who went and did work experience for a newspaper and it was the Redland Times down at Cleveland. So if anyone's from the Redlands, you know the building very, very well on your way into Cleveland there, heading into Cleveland, it'll be on your left. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's one of the things when a 16-year-old work experienced student walks into the Redland Times at that time, the average age dropped by a good significant 25 to 30 years. Lots of old blokes in old suits. Um, that sort of uh, nostalgic old journo sort of look. And they really took this 16-year-old work experience student under their wing, threw lots of textbooks at her, have a good read of this while you're here, and uh, gave some of the Bibles of journalism, good old News Sense by um, Jarvis. Wow, that was one of my textbooks 25 I, years ago. I yeah. think it might even still be since, oh. in, a, in a latest edition. Oh, yeah. And this was someone they had to tap on the shoulder at 6 o'clock um, of this student who was doing all these stories, the little ones that have no by so-and-so attached to it in a community sort of newspaper. Uh, she kept putting them in and she was loving it so much that at six o'clock, one of the old mates came up to her and said, look, it's six o'clock. You've got to call your parents to come pick you up. It's time you left. And one of the things that they realised is they had flow. And we didn't have that word at the time for this 16-year-old work experience to call it that. But she was enjoying it so much that it never occurred to her where the time was going. She was loving being able to tell stories. That also was me. I actually got the grammar right then, so we kept it a little anonymous (laughs) towards the end. (laughs) And I've always liked writing. So one of the things about, too, being a psychologist or a career counsellor, you get to tell stories. So, again, there was this common thread. But it took me ages to figure out the 16-year-old work experience student was still there trying to tell stories. One of the things then, fast forward into 2014, and I'm looking right at you now because this is where Spencer Housing comes in. The ABC did a call for community correspondence. And this is where I made a big career choice uh, and career change with newborn babies. Um, I wanted to explore that 16-year-old who wanted to do work experience. In writing, being a journalist, um, what did that look like? And one of the things that I'd never thought of with journalism was radio. There's no words to radio, she says, as she's looking at all her typed words right now to prepare for the show. And I thought, I, it's all about talking, right? I want, the, I want the writing. I want the editing. I want to shape stories that way. And along came this guy called Spencer Housen, who said, radio is essentially storytelling. And that's what made it come alive for me. So I auditioned for that as well. And about being able to tell stories from the Oxley or postcode 4075 region, that covers about four suburbs in Brisbane, but also from the Granite Belt uh, and the Darling Downs, around Stanthorpe, because that's where my 
my other shack um, is located. So it was about being able to tell those stories, but telling the stories that mainstream journalism or the ones that cover all the media type stories that end up on your six o'clock news, covering the stories that don't make that and picking up on the nuances of that. So a hall turning 100 years old, for example, or the... A park being named after a musician. Like Ed Cooper, for example, and now ending up on a music trail, which was one of the last stories I've done so far this year um, for the 4075 area. And uncovering our punk history, which was really interesting for Oxley too. So I found myself asking similar sort of questions in interviews that you do when you're in career counselling. It's asking curious questions. Tell me more about this. Why is that important? Have you considered this as well? So it was bringing everything together. And now even sitting here with Unleash Your Career, it's all the worlds colliding. So we've got the journalism, career counselling, even HR, and my grad lady background as I like to wrap up all my grad (laughs) recruitment, development and university exposure um, in that respect. So about making your career choices, sometimes you might not get that insight until you're sitting late at night with a glass of wine because there was wine on those Thursday nights. Answers are often to be found at the bottom of a bottle of wine. They certainly As long are. as you drink responsibly. Thank you. <laughs> and green beans with soy sauce. So insert your taste here. And I think if you can explore that, have chats in an informal setting with people you trust, people you know and people you respect about what is it that actually lights my fire. Is there still a 16-year-old work experience student inside of you who hasn't actually been satisfied yet with your career choices. Where's the passion? So I wanted to share that story because it's been an interesting journey. It wasn't actually that I made actually a specific decision not to do something. It's a bit like that movie Sliding Doors with Mm -hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow of many moons ago. So I'm talking to listeners of a certain generation there. If you are 19 and just walked here on Springfield, you might want to look up Sliding Doors and Gwyneth Paltrow. No, come on. People still watch that movie. It's not that old. Really? Maybe. Okay. You just showed your vintage, <laughs> then, I think. Yeah, yeah. But in that, they had that premise of you just miss out or an opportunity presents itself. So I was open to opportunities along the way and being open to advice and running with it and having a great time, learning something and developing skills in it. And that's always been part of my advice as a career counsellor, as a career development officer, and as an outplacement coach too, I've worn and graduate recruitment and development coordinator type roles. I've worn many hats and had many job titles, but that's been a core tenant of it is to follow what you like and follow what you're interested in because that opens up those opportunities to you. As you say, you're right now in this very moment incorporating everything that you just talked about. Living it's the all dream. Here. The media, the psychology, the careers, everything. It's all coming right together. Yeah. It, a vortex or a portal might open up. I don't and know. Who knows? <laughs> in the future where all this will lead for yes. you. Oh, that sounds not ominous, but <laughs> Where do you see yourself? In, oh, we don't have time to answer that question. Where do you see yourself in five years, Lou? That right. good old nugget. <laughs> Life moves fast. At the University of Southern Queensland, you can study when you want and how you want. Because we care about you, with personalised support throughout your entire learning journey, whether you choose to study on campus, online, full-time, part-time, or a combination to suit your busy life. Visit the number one Queensland University provider for online study at usq.edu.au slash your future. That's where you'll find your future your way. You're listening to Unleash Your Career with Lou Bromley. Well, we've been talking about how to make a career change. So some of you out there, you've got a newborn child. You don't want to go back to your job or you've lost your job while on maternity leave. 
Maybe you've been made redundant or you've had sudden job loss or D, combination of the above. Well, we're talking about how do you launch that. So you're here, you're studying, you're working your way towards a degree in something. And it's different to what you've done before. We're going to talk about cadetships because that's a word that means different things. And cadetships are a very good strategy for a lot of people, especially if you're in your undergraduate degrees as opposed to a postgraduate degree, about making that career change and getting in. And the good thing is it's about getting some money too with cadetships. So one of the things I was hoping to talk about and ask you, in fact, Spencer, is what does a cadetship mean to you when you hear that term? What do you think it looks like or Mm. might involve? I suppose my mind automatically goes to journalism cadetships, which are a bit like an apprentice on a building site, the cadetship uh, in in the media office. So the ABC, for example, still has cadetships and it's a one-year paid uh, learning experience where you get to do all sorts of different things. And I think, I could be wrong, but I think there's a promise at the end, there's certainly an expectation, unless everything goes wrong, that um, there'll, there'll be a spot for you somewhere. Yeah, and often they are that fixed term. So it's an initial contract offering at 12 months. Mm. Some places then offer, then we'll give you a permanent placement. But then results may vary. So it's about read up every time you hear the word cadet or cadet ship. Um, about what their terms and conditions are for that employment contract. Because it can also mean, so in the ABC's case, this is when you uh, graduated. So you've already got your degree mm. and it's your first year out. So it almost sounds like a graduate job. Why would we call it a cadetship? But it's the, you use the word apprenticeship. It's sort of like the apprenticeship for those with university degrees, learning a craft on the job. Those and is the, the term skills. used widely in, in other industries beyond the media, is it? Cadetship? Absolutely. So, and it's something I've been used to over the dinner table talk with my family because my dad was a cadet back in the mid-70s and he got a job with, as a cadet with transport and main roads and they still use in engineering circles the term cadets, mm. often in the surveying or cadastral sort of areas. So you come in as a cadet and we've got a job live at the moment on Access Hub, for example, that people can go and look at if you're interested in engineering. But this is a they often actually four-year programs. So you're studying while you're on the job learning. And there's lots of study support and building your employability skills on the job as you get the degree or qualification that you need in that area. So engineering as an industry, and that's pretty broad in itself, but uh, they've pretty much kept that very old school, um, the apprenticeship type model, where you're earning as you're learning, which is a term many, anyone who's out there has done an apprenticeship, they would have heard earn as you learn uh, as sort of a phrase. So it's, but it's also piggybacking off, of, you know, those sort of traditional blue collar roles and the idea that you can learn those on the job skills while you're hearing the theory. And so that's why it's really powerful. Can you imagine coming out as a graduate with your qualification and applying for other jobs or staying with going for that promotion at the end? But you've got four years or even one year ahead of anybody else that's externally trying to get that job fresh out of their degree. And that's why I'm talking about this as a strategy for our career changers who are listening today, because this can make be very powerful uh, for those students who are out there. If you do have family and you have bills to pay, we all have that regardless of how old we are. But if you do need to make sure that you are earning money while you are studying and taking time off from work is not an option, getting in at a, that entry level and earning your stripes, so to speak. And actually, even saying the word earning your stripes, it kind of sounds like cadet, like we're talking we're in the army or something like that. Um, but it's about earning your credentials and 
getting those on-the-job skills that you need to be able to progress and it's, go for high-level roles. Someone we both know um, who um, used to work at the ABC, my ex-producer, Bernadette, did exactly this. So she's pushing 30. She'd hate me to say that. She's not quite 30, but wanted to be a teacher. And you do get to a point where you've got bills and, and what have you, and, and it's a big step, isn't it, to, to go full-time doing education, for example, maybe go back to working at Macca's. But she's doing this thing in, that isn't available in Queensland called Teach for Australia, which is a two-year course where at the end you have a Master's of Teaching, you work uh, a 0.6 week in a school for two years, and you do your Master's and you get paid, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't, it doesn't happen in Queensland. It's not available in Queensland. So we lose potentially good teachers like her who have to go south and she may never come back. But that's the, that's the same sort of thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Later in life sort of way of doing it. Yeah, that's an excellent model. And it's recognising too you can be part-time working and earning those valuable skills. So this morning I got to speak with Brisbane City Council. And it, for all of our finance students, if you are coming up to the end of your second year or alternatively, you at least have a year to go in your degree. So if you've been mixing it up a bit, but if you have a year's worth of your studies left of an undergraduate degree in business, commerce, finance, they're looking for a finance cadet to join them. And it'd be two days a week. You get rotated around three different areas of corporate finance teams, and it's learning those core skills to do with accounting, business and finance. So how do you do end of month reporting how do you do uh, end of financial year reporting? What does that look like on the job, away from textbooks? And that way you're also earning money. And it's quite actually a good wicket. So it's pro rata two days a week. So 40% of a 65000 a year package, uh, oh, sorry, 65000 a year salary um, approximately, plus super on top of that. So if that can work for people's budgets, it'd be better if you're earning money in the industry you're trying to establish a career in rather than staying in your old industry or even embedding yourself in casual jobs um, in industries you don't particularly want a career in at all. And it's easy to be sucked into that. It's very I'm, easy. I'm currently um, working with a couple of USQ graduates who finished here and just got, got sucked into the regularity of retail. And both of these fellas are in retail management five days a week and both have uh, nine months after finishing here have come back and said, Help, you know, I've, I don't want to be in retail all my life. I need to, you know, get some tips on how to get back into what USQ was meant to lead me towards. And that could be your career change crisis too, couldn't it? You suddenly turn around and went, whoa, that got comfortable real quick. Yes. And I didn't even notice time passed. And this was meant to be something as a stopgap. And then the stopgap became something regular. So you can hit refresh. So if you, even if you are alumni and you're listening right now, yes, you can hit refresh. And interesting that a lot of these um, graduate roles, as well as some of the cadetships where you have to have graduated, noticed how I differentiated there. But if you already have your degree, you sometimes have up to a two-year window to go for grad programs. So I've seen students, well, graduates in other roles myself, who've hit panic because they're not doing what their degree was that was 12 to 18 months ago. And the relief when they realise, you mean I could still go for grad programs, but I was doing the stopgap job because an opportunity opened itself mm. and it got very comfortable and then suddenly realised, no, wait. One day I woke up and went, that's not what actually blows my hair back. This is not that 16-year-old out on work experience anymore. Um, it's got to satisfy the need of the, and the passion in the first place about why you got into that degree. And yeah, it is certainly possible. So knowing you've got a two-year window that people will accept you for grad programs, it's really lovely to know. And sometimes, look, you might need to do some extra theory and it might be formalised theory that you have to do in form of postgraduate study and that can open up 
um, different windows or different avenues. A bit like like what you said with Bernadette doing a master's in teaching. Mm. So that is a postgraduate qualification rather than doing an extra undergrad on top of things. So there are other options too if you fall outside of that two-year window. How can you hit refresh? Where can you go? The other thing about the Brisbane City Council is too that they've got a cadetship coming up as well in multimedia which can be many different types of flavours of degrees. Now, that role is not Boom. online There are yet. suddenly 20 media students at the window here at the studio interested in this job. Keep going. We're going to have to clean the glass afterwards. <laughs> it's a little bit gross. Um, but we can... So multimedia, that, exactly what you just said, it lends itself to so many flavours, right? Um, so many different people can have a part of that. Uh, so this could work out really well while completing your studies and having valuable experience that you've got on your CV. But keep an eye out for it. And this is going to be a seamless segue into how do I find out about these things without having to listen to Lou every week on Unleash Your Career? Well, you've got to sign up for some job alerts. So one of the big things that I took away from talking with the Brisbane City Council this morning is that they have designed your own job alerts. for your com- You can do this for companies of choice. You can even do it for USQ if you want to. And it'll only send you jobs that you actually want according to the categories that you set. Now, most of us know that from SEEK. Mm, I was going to say SEEK does that, yeah. Pretty obvious, right? But the good thing about Brisbane City Council is you can set it to some bands of salary. So I've been talking a lot here about undergrad degrees and what's open, and typically a cadetship is aimed at undergraduate degree students. With my little asterisk, results may vary for the next employer that puts up a cadetship online to advertise. However, if if you're doing postgrad, well, what do you do? Well, you can be curating some jobs too, entry level to the next level, um, jobs to be sent to you with a particular finance, or in this case finance or multimedia, insert your discipline here, and get these jobs coming to, through to you. I have been recommending to every student that comes to me, you set up a job alerts right now. This is your industry knowledge coming to you about where the jobs are, where the money is as well, and understanding what companies are out there and what they want you to do. Uh, at different types of levels. So I can't stress job alerts enough. And the other one, just before we hear some music, is grad connection. So if you really want some graduate program information about what's coming up, but also internships as well as cadetships, they are your one-stop shop as well for national-wide companies that have got their um, Australia-wide programs as well. for all sorts of disciplines. And you can match that to your degree, which is great. So you put in your degree details, the majors you're studying, and you can tailor what comes to you on the basis of companies are after people like you. You said, you just used, used the word internships. And I did. Is the main, so to my mind, the main difference between cadetships and internships, there are two from a media point of view. The internships are unpaid normally, and normally, normally. while you're still studying. Can you hear the asterisk? Uh-huh. Results may vary. This is probably a problem, hey, when you're a student trying to make sense of all this, is that there's typically a lack of consistency. And there's some old school terms. So intern's another really old school term. Or, I don't know, we're all still reeling from Bill Clinton and the intern, aren't we? It's, it's got that very US connotation. I, know, I thought of the movie some... with, um, uh, you know, the older guy who goes in as the intern with the younger woman. She was in yes. Prada as well. Devil wears her and the older guy. Anne it, Hathaway. Yeah, right. And the Welcome intern. Welcome to our and movie. And who was the intern? <laughs> Pop quiz. <laughs> older guy. Help us. Someone. No, and you, but that's called the intern. I think that's actually where my mind went. I'm pleased to say I've moved on from Lewinsky. When you say intern, that's all I'm saying. That's the point I'm making. And then a lot of the US ones. I'm actually now thinking. Let's talk about US movies because I'm thinking like there's a Will Smith movie about 
being a mature age student and an intern. And he was unpaid for all that work, homeless as well with a son. Like it was just an incredible story about how that man made it in stockbroking. But uh, it doesn't have to be that hard. And some internships are paid. Now, sometimes they're paid actually a wage. Other times the internship might be tied to your studies. So sometimes a company will call it an internship or you are an intern. But it might be work-integrated learning. So you're enrolled in a subject, but you're learning while at the employer, doing a project. In some of your assessment is based on what you're yes, doing. Yes, okay, true. Yes. And sometimes employers then throw X amount of cash at you as a lump sum. Now, I'm someone mm. who did that as part of my postgrad degree. Um, so I am the intern that made it um, at, with her jobs. So that was part of my HR degree, going into a company and providing them with a, a suite of resources at the end of my internship. But I wasn't technically paid, but I got a stipend. You're listening to Unleash Your Career, the careers development radio show and podcast coming to you from the University of Southern Queensland, Springfield campus. Lou Bromley, adjusting the microphone slightly, I thought you were about to stand up. I'm wondering whether by the end you will be in your totally relaxed, over-the-road rage position. I'm keeping you Not in suspense. just yet. <laughs> hey, one of the things we haven't talked about, what the perks of doing something like a cadetship, because there is more money involved with this than an internship or any of, or being a casual, typically. One of the things you do get is things like sometimes study leave. Because it is tied to your studies and completing your studies, you get support in the workplace for that. So sometimes you can actually get special study leave, not just for exams, but to actually go and, you know, revise before you're in that exam sort of situation. But also you get things like annual leave and employee benefits, like sometimes there's an on-site gym that you can get access to as well. And that's what I've noticed is some of these cadetships we've got online with Access Hub at the moment. So there's some fringe benefits here that mean a lot to your lifestyle to just make it a bit easier to hit, you know, career change 2.0 and, and, and to get you to that end goal of where you're headed. If you know someone who could benefit from the information shared in today's episode, well, tell them about it. Get them to listen to past episodes or to listen live to the radio show on Phoenix Radio. We'll be back same time, same place next week with another episode of Unleash Your Career.